are two music experts. Being experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, that's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. For another edition of Two Guys, One Album. I'm Paul Farvar. And this is Michael Heideman. We I'm- are reviewing what is arguably one of the greatest albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And I've been campaigning to have this album for a long time. And now, with them being in the headlines, I felt, gosh darn it, we better cover this album. It's about damn time. Damn right it is. This is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, the 11th studio album by the British-American rock band, largely recorded in California during 1976. The Summer of Love, that's what I call it. Bicentennial year for the country. Um, um, America, America was... <laughs> that is right. <laughs> I think that they dedicated most of this album to America. Uh, you know, we're, we can't start that's off with uh, immediate like lies. lies. So. <laughs> 100% a lie. So let's get back on track. It was produced by Ken Calais. Colby Calais' dad. Oh. And I have here... I love Colby Calais. Colby Calais' Speaking of dad. the Summer of Love, her songs are perfect for a nice barbecue. That's all I needed to add. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know she had more than five songs, to be honest with you. But it's a short barbecue. Mm-hmm. It was released on the 4th of February, 1977 by Warner Brothers Records. It reached the top of both the United States Billboard chart and the United Kingdom's albums chart. These hit songs we're going to go into, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, You Make Love and Fun, were released as their singles. It's the most successful release of all Fleetwood Mac albums. Yeah, and and the most important part about it is that they were all fucking each other while they were making this album. There is so much... You know, John McVie and his wife, Christy McVie, are in the band. They were cheating on other members, not not outside the band, but inside the own band. Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were also a couple. They were getting around as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all happening within a band of five people. How, ma- how many different... I'm not a math person, but there's, and, and if everyone is heterosexual, there's only so many options that can happen. <laughs> That's and true. And they all happened mm-hmm. during this brief album, allegedly. Do you think that added to the, the magic of this album? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, I agree with that. Perhaps I mean, this Rumors title was part of the rumors it, that were going around with the it band? Was, and there was, and a lot of people say some of it was rumors, but then people have all wrote, Everyone in the band has read, wrote their own tell-alls. There's a book, Making Rumors, which is all about making the album. Now, Ken Calais wrote the wrote the book. He doesn't even go into all that stuff, but it's still 300 pages about all the amazing shit that happened when they were making this album. My gosh, this is incredible. You have the uh, the book in front the of book, you too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Re- I just I did it for the picture, but yeah, I mean. And you and you interviewed Mick Fleetwood. I mean, that's right. That's pretty badass too. He, yeah, he has. A, I'm reading his uh, memoir as well. Stevie Nicks had her own memoir last or this year that she released as well. I mean, these guys were all making music while they were having sex with each other. That's unbeknownst to the others in the band that were allegedly in a committed relationship. 
increíble. It's it's really Unreal. wild that they were able to get their minds together enough to sit in the studio and do take after take mm-hmm. of these songs that were kind of about each other. They were fucking each not, other. Not kind of, but like, I mean, we'll get to the songs, but the first song off the top of the bat is mm-hmm. a fuck you song Lindsey Buckingham wrote to Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. And that is secondhand news. You want to yeah, take a quick listen to it again? It's an amazing song. best thing about this song is when you read the book or you find if you read the stories about it it's Lindsay Buckingham was such a perfectionist which is probably and probably difficult to work with mm-hmm. legendarily um, that he went back and did the drum parts himself if you hear that little that's him playing the drums on a chair hmm oh let's listen to it and that's the sound he wanted do you hear it that's just him on a leather chair that Oh, yeah. Mick Fleetwood couldn't get it what he wanted. Oh, I'm sure Mick was pissed, too. Apparently not. But okay. Who knows? It's yeah, possible. I'm looking at the, the title, uh, not the title, the, the cover of this album, too, and it's uh-huh. this great artwork, flowing letters. It looks, I mean, they it, is, that, is that Mick Fleetwood right there on the cover, too? Yeah, that's him on the cover. He, These are the different takes. Every, every book that comes out of this, uh, about them has different takes from that photo shoot apparently he is a very very stylish man and he stands <laughs> about six foot six by well, the his, way yeah in his book he talks about because he's so skinny it was so hard to find clothes so he always looked kind of goofy you know when i met him so i met him here's the backstory uh-huh. i met him at south by southwest a few years ago right. and we did a quick impromptu interview because he was releasing an album about blues and he was talking about the band and his artwork and when we met he was wearing the most Gorgeous, and I say that as a heterosexual male uh, who who loves the ladies. But man, was he like just his stature and the way that he wore that vest. Still to this day, he is a big fan of those vests. He looked he he looked stunning. He, yeah. he looked like a rock star. Like you walk into the room and that guy with the with the pulled back ponytail. He he writes music. You can yeah. tell. So well, it was cool to see him. Yeah, he's he's got a, a very interesting drum feel on his songs, and he talks about it um, because he was not a traditional drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the the fact that for this song at least, secondhand news, he's not even playing all the rhythm sections. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham is, and and uh, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, there's some amazing lines in this. Um, he says it starts. I know there's nothing to say. Someone has taken my place. I mean, he's just starting this whole album ripping into Stevie Nicks. They just <laughs> fucking broke up. Mm-hmm. Little does he know that the person was right behind him mm-hmm. in the band. Just tapping on his leather chair. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I think- That's lo- my chair. <laughs> Get your hands off. Get your filthy hands off it. it. He did it when the other band members weren't there. He went in and re-recorded it oh. uh, with Ken Calais. Okay. That's in the that's in the book Making Rumors. I strongly suggest anyone that's a Fleetwood Mac fan to uh, read the read that book. But uh, it's it's one of the greatest songs. I I love it. It's one of the greatest songs by Fleetwood Mac, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really uh, it wasn't really a hit or anything in terms of the the same thing that singles got um, from like Go Your Own Way and everything. But mm-hmm. 
That's it was it. great. It was a great, great opening. Song. And it's a short two-minute song. It's been covered by multiple bands. Julianne Hatfield covered it. Um, uh, a couple other people I know. I can't think of at the top of my head. But Wow. That's all. That's all I got to say. It's a great song, great band. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a song that you can only dream of oh, writing. I like what you did there, Paul. This is just a pure makeout song. It's very 70s. I love they all have that like double beats, you know. You've heard this song, right? Oh, yes. Okay. In fact, wasn't this um, a recently back on the Billboard charts after a meme yes. took over? Yes, it was number four on the charts because there was a marching band somewhere in Texas, I believe, mm-hmm. that did it and it went to number four on the charts. Man, it just shows it? the power of the internet these days, and that a song that hasn't charted since the 80s or the late 70s can come back mm-hmm. today in 2018 and just make such a great uh, yeah. impact in the world today. It's and it's a fantastic song, song so rightfully it so it comes back. It's a great song. It's it's just, it's like you said, just a 70s style. I mean, just 70s chill music. Um, I think this song was written by Stevie Nicks, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, but it, at the time, Mick Fleetwood was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. He was John McVie and Christy McVie were were divorcing, and Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham were ending their their whatever eight year relationship. So that was just like their love song or whatever um, that they wrote. But it's a cool song. It's, it features Stevie Nicks in, up front and center where she belongs, and um, I just I just picture when uh, you know my ex girlfriend and I had a joke about this song where you're just at a concert and you just there's a typical you know middle aged woman dancing like the just, <laughs> just swaying, hipping like just yeah somewhere in like the suburb of St Louis. Yeah, I can actually see the haircut to be honest, and, and I also picture this woman with Stevie Nicks's flowing cape. To yes. look at the party where she's holding both sides like bat wings, just dancing just a around. Typical, you know, white woman seventies mm-hmm. dance, mm-hmm. and that's the song. Deep, dark, red haired that's dyed, <laughs> spiky in the back. Exactly. <laughs> Parted in the front. Okay, enough but, about um, enough yeah. about my. Uh, and I was right. I looked it up. Stevie Nicks did write that song. So. That's it's a it's a beautiful song, and the way that her voice me- just melds and melts into the beautiful beat that they create and like you said that that great 70s kind of feel of the song is it makes this album worth listening to it's it's like what we always go back to this is an album you can listen to from the first song all the way through through. and this dream song is a great second song it it just flows right right into it and it was a it was a second i think it was a second single as well even though secondhand news wasn't the the second um what do you call it? Wasn't the a single, but the secondhand news wasn't the secondhand news. Se- secondhand was news wasn't the first, first single. <laughs> Go your own way was, but this was the second single they released mm-hmm. uh, from this album. How about the third song? The third song, "Never Going Back Again." Never, which is funny. Ah, oh, this okay. I I know this song because I remember this guitar parts. Any anytime anybody posts a, posts a cover of this on YouTube, I'll watch the entire thing through. This is one of the most beautiful guitar songs of all time, and I stand by that statement. Well, yeah. I mean, Lindsey Buckingham. No matter what you say about him, is an amazing guitarist. The fact that they kick him out of the band and that they replace him with two different people mm-hmm. shows you exactly because of his guitar 
his guitar abilities and his amazing vocals. Never used a pick, too. He was a cheap date when it came yeah. to tours. You didn't need to pay for picks. He probably saved thousands of dollars for the band, too. Thousands of dollars. Should we talk about the recent news of Lindsey Buckingham's firing? Yeah, Should we, we talked about it up fest? top, but bring it up again. He got kicked out of the band. Officially, the band has confirmed that he is out of the band. They announced this month uh, Mike Campbell and of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Neil Finn of Crowded House will replace him on this upcoming tour. And, you know, I got to think this is happening because they, they're they probably getting really sick of each other. It's prob- money's probably involved. Um, who knows who Lindsey Buckingham is effing right now. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy that it's happening, but now everyone's just going to want that next tour to come mm-hmm. out when Lindsey Buckingham returns to the band. I don't, I don't, th- they made it sound like this is the end. I mean, think about it, man. They're, 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 there's also health issues that they're all battling with. I know uh, John McVie and Chrissy McVie are both pretty ill uh, with different illnesses that are, n- are life-threatening. So I don't. I think this is the last hurrah. And if you got to see them when they had Lindsey Buckingham, that was probably the last time you're going to see them as a band. But man, never going back again to that band, huh? Mm-mm. And but they can't stop. They just. They- <laughs> I like what you did there. I really like what you did there. And that leads us into our next song. (laughs) Don't Stop. Don't Stop, which is probably one of the most famous and iconic songs of all Fleetwood Mac. Also one of the most hated songs by everybody. Who hates this song? All Republicans. Oh, that's right. It's become political. So... This was a song by Christy McVie. Uh, she wrote it about her husband, John McVie, after they, they were going through a separation. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like an upbeat feeling, although I don't know how he felt about that. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to be okay. Yeah. But meanwhile, I'm going to have sex with everybody in the band. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. So, so she wrote it about him. Well, it's uh, it's her feelings about the separation, yeah. Oh, man. But it says, don't stop thinking about it. It's a positive song, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but then it was also used as uh, Bill Clinton's theme song for the 1992 presidential campaign. Jeez. Well, that's... That's the bummer. That I, I don't like when music, which everyone should be able to enjoy, and that's why a lot of bands don't say what the songs are about because everyone wants to have their own connection to it, and then you go in and people use it politically, then it just tarnishes everything. I can't listen to a lot of Kid Rock because of that <laughs> that same reason nowadays. Why? Because a lot of his music is used in a negative way. Like You think of Kid Rock and you don't think of like Ba to Ba anymore. You think of his political leanings towards things and i still love kid rock i love his music more than more than most music uh am i like really spouting out about creating my love for kid rock right now no it's fine we'll <laughs> we'll have to do that another album but i mean if you don't the thing that's that's interesting about this album is mm-hmm. all the songs were written about other members in the band but they allegedly didn't know the fact that they were written about each other Though they so they didn't know until the album was released. Ooh, and that's another layer. That's another layer of it. But to think that you know you're on stage playing and sometimes singing songs that are about you mm-hmm. in not so positive fashion is a really hard thing to do, especially when we get to the next song. How about when people are all singing along and you're just like, oh man, I remember when she wrote that we were having such a bad time. Oh, geez, here G C D. Oh, everyone, don't. 
Don't stop. Quit singing. This is about my horrible life. Please stop. Well, this is everyone like just like positive, chanting it. Yeah, this song at least is a positive outlook on a relationship that failed, and they had a friendly, cordial breakup, unbeknownst to John McVie that uh, and whoever, whatever. Uh, was happening with between her and other members of the band and uh, outside. But the next song, you cannot say the same thing about. No. So go, go Your Own Way. This song is their the most iconic song by Fleetwood Mac, if not the 70s. Forget about how many hits this album really has. I mean, there is Stevie Nicks singing the lyrics, Go Your Own Way, which are directed at her. I mean, do you know how hard that's got to be to get on stage a hundred times a year? Mm -hmm. Sing a song that makes you basically look like a piece of shit mm-hmm. it's a Cuts fuck deep. you yeah I mean there's a line there that you know she wanted him to remove and he wouldn't it said packing up this line right here packing up shacking up's all you want to do that's about Stevie Nicks isn't that interesting how now we look at it back at this album and we think to ourselves oh wow that's a, just a catchy lyric but if it's about you how much must hurt to hear Someone that you're on the on, a, on the fringe with, sing it to your face, and then you Ooh. have to sing it too. That's another layer. Think uh, about that. The chills are going down my you know, spine. That's something that was written about. Ch- Chuck Klosterman wrote in one of his books about ABBA. All those songs about breaking up and mm-hmm. all that were written by the males, the husbands in the band, and the females had to sing the songs about themselves that they wrote. The I Swedes? Mean, they yeah, did that? the Swedes. Oh, man. And that's why they, Frida, who friends. was the singer, couldn't, they, that's why you'll never see an ABBA reunion, because they, they offered millions of dollars for a reunion, and they're like, I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, that and, shows how much it hurts. But the Stevie Nicks fact, and I haven't read her biography, autobiography yet, but she talks about the fact that he was a true love. But I mean, Aww. but they they hate each other. I mean, it's such a. I mean, they dated for eight years. They were together. They've known each other since they were kids. Um, but he and Buckingham, in his defense, says he was completely devastated when she left. And uh, this song is one of the greatest. You know fuck off songs of all time you yeah. break up this is the, that's the that's the first if you're gonna have a breakup cd a mixtape this is the one you put on rumors there. it's the last song go your own way on all the breakup tapes i did for all the girls that broke my heart <laughs> i would put that at the very end and it wouldn't be listed because they just shock them and be like oh i see what's going on here <laughs> a mystery track at the end of paul's breakup letters break up the break breakup up CDs. cds yeah you know why tapes. why do all <laughs> that I think about is just like 80s comedies when I hear these songs sometimes. A uh, lo- I what, think what what 80s comedies had this, this I th- well I, I know uh, Holiday Road was a big part of uh, a lot of National Lampoon's movies. That was a Lindsey Buckingham song solo. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting that feeling, but I remember Go Your Own Way was a lo- it was a good transitional song for scenes in movies. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm getting connected to here. But you know, that's that's you you make your own connection to these bands. Hey Paul, do you want to hear a quick fact about 
Fleetwood Mac that I people always don't know? Will. Let's hear it. <laughs> as long as it's accurate. All right. I was going to. Okay. This is accurate. The original Fleetwood Mac. Uh, was led by the guitarist Peter Green, as you know, right. famous blues musician. He's actually one of the most widely considerable uh, English blues guitarists of all time. He was mm-hmm. a rad-ass dude. And actually, when I spoke to Mick Fleetwood, he mentioned yeah. a lot of the, his his musicianship comes from listening and playing with, with uh, Peter Green. Green actually left the band in 1970 after developing an LSD habit that compromised his physical and mental health. So he was health. never the same after that. Yeah, he talks he, about it in his book. Yeah, he exactly. He was never the same. It freaked him out so bad, he left one Peter and came back different, pale, worn, depressed, a little mad. And he was conflicted about the money that he was making. It just totally messed his mind up so yeah. that's some it's, heavy acid you know those are the those are kind of things that scared you you know I, I had friends who had done serious drugs and they were never the same after that as well in my childhood mm-hmm. and or not my childhood that would be weird if we were doing acid when we were 10 but um, yeah in, in college so. I know a, a lot of people that were and, and the, the story that people would talk about would be Peter Green because mm-hmm. he's one of the most brilliant minds in music and after that he just was never the same. He went on this binge in LSD, and, and it was during the tour with the Grateful Dead, actually. Fleetwood oh. Mac was opening for the Grateful Dead. Really? Mm-hmm. That would have been a great tour to go to. Different lineup, though. It was it was Peter Green, yep. a different mm-hmm. uh, uh, guitarist. Jeremy Spencer? Spencer, and then uh, and Mick Fleetwood and John McVie. Man. That's where the name comes from. Fleetwood Mac is is Mick Fleetwood and John McVie. That is right. You are correct. I know my shit. Man. But yeah, I mean, going back to this song, Go Your Own Way, mm-hmm. easily one of the top 10 songs of all time in my book. And if you disagree, email us. Tell us why yeah. it's not. I don't care. I will fight you on this. What's Our, it's our email is uh, two guys, one email. Two, two, two guys, guys, one email. One email. Two guys. <laughs> One album mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Yes, two guys, one album at gmail.com. Email us with your questions, comments. If you want to hear us talk about another album, yeah. if you want to tell us to go our own way, then you know yeah. what? Screw you too, and yeah. we will. We, we will. We will, but we'll be back. But mm-hmm. we still have we still have a lot of songs to go through on this mm-hmm. uh, amazing album. Songbird uh, is the next song, uh, which I would fast forward uh, <laughs> typically, but it is a good song. Again, if you're listening to the album in the '70s, good mellow song, mm-hmm. Chrissy McVie song. Again, she wrote it. This is where you go get a drink at oh, the concerts. I, absolutely, it's this a, is the drink song. Go, I'm gonna go get a, get us some drinks, honey. Unless you're like. Damn. On a first date, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a song where you might like be like, oh, let's hold hands. <laughs> I, I don't know what that. they did in the 70s. Did they hold hands in the 70s? I think they just the went straight to sex. Yeah, pro- they dropped acid, then took off their clothes and jumped in the mud, as I recall. Yeah, there was a lot of mud at the Fleetwood Mac concerts. A lot of these, I'm looking at this, the YouTube comments of this song too which is an, an interesting <laughs> introspective into the fans of never read Mac. the YouTube comments hands down it's gonna be my wedding song very much into it <sighs> Christine McVie is one of the most amazing and underrated songwriters of all time my mm-hmm. life is better because of her because of this song it's and a there's great a song yeah. it's, just, it's just not one of my favorite songs but it is a good song a it, lot of people talk about it They compare, yeah. Landslide was another one of these soft songs that um, I could see that this was also covered by a lot of people, too, I think. This reminds me of the father-daughter dance. 
<laughs> when you're in sixth grade, this yes. will come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I can see that. No, that it's a great song. I don't mean to diss it. If it's someone's favorite song, fine. Uh, but it's just it's just a mellow song that you got. You know, I, you have to have emotions for, and I'm just mm-hmm. emotionally immature for that song. Yeah, because of all the acid, right? All the acids. <laughs> But um, well, yeah. you shouldn't be a robot, you know. Yeah, they're made. Of, they are made of metal, and you know what else is made of metal? Chains. Chains. <laughs> Sometimes I think we just make ourselves laugh too much. People are rolling their eyes in the car right now. They're like, skip to the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the chain. So the chain. Is, quick, quick little tidbit about this song. It's released by the Fleetwood Mac Band, as you know. What, Fleetwood Mac Band? It's released by Fleetwood Mac. The Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> this is the only song credited to all five member, members of the yeah, Rumors era part. lineup. Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, Lindsey Buckingham, Christine McVie, John McVie, and Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, this, I think this started, it's one of those songs that started with the music and then Stevie Nicks and Buckingham put in lyrics. And obviously, when you do the the rhythm section of the bass and drums, that's Mick Fleetwood and uh, John McVie. You, you know, Mick Fleetwood talks, and oh, this is such a good song. Such a good song. And then there's just so many parts to it. It's one of those pr- prog rock hits. It's see, I was just about to go on a tangent about Mick Fleetwood loving the blues, but this is such a good song. I would rather just listen to it for a few minutes. Yeah. But you can hear that great American blues gu- mm-hmm. guitar and that influence that they have in in this song. And Mick Fleetwood, he came to be who he is today by listening to American blues. In fact, a lot of his early incarnations with blues music and music in general come from bands that were here in Chicago mm-hmm. that came through Chess Records. Yeah. So just hearing that that influence and you can hear that great southerny guitar on that on that country rickety old acoustic almost. guitar. There's oh yeah. Country influences you can tell um, from their tour of America, which was uh, right before this uh, album came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean it's it's one of those great songs. It's about there's like there's an intro, there's a chorus, the outro with the bass line. Uh, do we pass that yet, or is it coming up? Oh, about well, let's take, play take a quick check. Oh, still Lindsay, Lindsay Buckingham. Quick little tidbit uh, about Fleetwood Mac. Christine McVie's maiden name was actually Christine Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I just read about that. She released her first solo album in 1970 under that name. So if you find that perfect album, it was by the one and only Christine McVie. Yeah. I mean, we got got to play the part where it's coming up. I think it's right here with the outro bass, bass solo into... The outro, I mean, it's one of the coolest things. I mean, only Rush can do stuff like that. And they're like, no, you know what? We're going to do it too. Here it is. I mean, it's the... We should do a Rush album one of these days too. Every nerdy bass guy was like, yes, we finally got our say. Drums are picking up on brushes right there. Snare. Oh, come on. Guitar. I mean, this is like an intro. This is like a whole separate song in and of itself. 
It must have been such a good time to be a part of this band in the 1970s. Come on. Yeah. Great song, but they know how to make things fun. And we're going we're gonna to have to go to the next song, which is You Make Loving Fun, also a song by Christine Perfect. Fantastic name, fantastic song. You Make Loving Fun. Nope, this isn't it. This isn't it? Oh, no, it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was thinking of I Don't Want to Know, which is coming up. This great song. Again, all I picture during this is that 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 woman from the suburbs of St. Louis just just doing the yeah the hands in the air clapping and just, I can see it just too. a white old lady dance, you know, loving Stevie Nicks in the front row, just staring at her with her Bud Light in a in a plastic cup. Got a there's babysitter many, for her four kids at home. There's at least three or four pins on her shirt, too, at this yes. time. And a brooch, perhaps. A hundred percent. All right, Paul, I want to ask song. you a quick uh, quick trivia question here. Mm-hmm. Which band member abruptly left the group in 1971 to join the Children of God cult? I'm going to have to say Peter Green. Mm, Jeremy Spencer, the founding oh, member, the guitarist. Oh, no man. in the band. Poor guy. All right, another quick tidbit about crazy band members. Yes. Which band member left the band after a bizarre episode in which he flipped out while the band was tuning up, ran into a bathroom, smashed his head against the wall before destroying his guitar? Someone no longer in the band. I, yeah, I think that that's a fair fair assessment. Oh. It was actually the the uh, the young lady at the barbecue. I'm just kidding. It was guitarist <laughs> Danny Kerwin. Oh who yes, left the band also left the band. Man, um, lots of stuff happening with this band. I love the history most behind dra- this drama of any band. Perhaps only Leonard Skinner has had more ups and downs, or Allman Brothers. But these guys uh, had their fair of shit happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song. Um, was uh, was inspired after an affair she had with the band's lighting director. Mm. Man, everyone was involved. It was just like I one mean, big, big God, bed. Big fuck fest <laughs> on this album. They should have just called it fuck fest. <laughs> I think that uh, would have been... the 70s. That, that, if it was, you know, that was something that they could do today with, what's her name? What's that rapper's name that was on Saturday Night Live recently? <laughs> Cardi B. Cardi B. She can... <laughs> She can make her. Album. She can get away she with it. She can make it. a response and call it "fuck fest." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the uh, the the cover of the album would make as much no, sense if it was called "fuck fest." But it's a great song. You make love and fun. Uh, just just that's that seventy sound, like you said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just quintessential. Yeah. They, it's cool to see the bands and and look back at these albums of the bands who made that sound of that decade. Because you think about it. Music has a lot to do with how you feel at a sure. time, and especially in, in a decade going into the 80s and taking on from the 70s. People, more than 10 million people bought this album. So you got to think, more than 10 million people were, were, were listening and jamming to this and puts you in a great mood. I mean, if mm-hmm. they were listening to, I don't know, something like heavy metal, it could be a totally different <laughs> situation. But this is just a great grooving album. Toto. They could be listening to Toto. Toto is a fantastic, amazing band. Did you know that they did all the guitar backing tracks for Michael Jackson's Thriller? I did. uh, We have to look into Toto again, too. At some point, they will be on the list. We've got Rush, Toto, Kid Rock, Ba Wit Ba. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, this is a great song. I Don't Want to Know, another Chrissy McVie special. This is I Don't Want to Know. This is Stevie Nicks. 
instantly memorable. I mean, it's so poppy. This is a song that you're ashamed to admit that you love. Used in a lot of Set Iron Life skits, too. Probably. Mm This just so, makes me happy. What I'm listening song, to is just pure happiness. Right. And this was a song that uh, Silver Springs was supposed to be on this album. Mm. And it was a B-side that was released later, but it wasn't on the album. And they replaced it with this song instead because um, I don't remember what the issue was, but uh, it was supposed to be on the album. And this song was the one that made it instead. Um Damn straight. That's a great song. I, I and it I'm caused tension this. between the people. She wanted, she wanted to have put Stevie Nicks wanted to have Silver Springs on there because it was her response to Lindsey Buckingham. Oh, and, they, and that that created a riff in the band. Um, who who was the one who made the final say on the album list? Good question. I think it was supposed to be a group uh, setting, but this was the seventies. So my mm-hmm. guess is that the men had uh, a. Uh, um, a larger say because obviously Stevie Nicks didn't get her song on there. Yeah, and and I'm guessing Mick Fleetwood is again six seven, so I'm sure he, he was probably had a say. In pretty, that. and he yeah. has his name in the band. And Lindsey Buckingham, who is a known asshole, probably mm-hmm. was like, "I'm going to leave the band again if you guys don't do what I say." But I mean, <laughs> and now they it took him until 2018 to be like, "Fine, leave." Well, he's been kicked out of the bands before, so it's not the first time, or he's left voluntarily. But I, I don't want to know is a great song, probably one of the greatest songs on this album uh, in my opinion um stevie nicks wrote it and uh hey it's an upbeat poppy song you can't fight that. it makes me so happy yeah so so happy um so i wanted to ask you uh one more quick trivia question while we're just transitioning between sure. songs the classic lineup of fleetwood mac fleetwood nicks buckingham christine and john mcvee was what incarnation of the band what number how Tenth. many you are correct, sir. The yes. tenth incarnation of the band. Holy smokes! This band went through a lot of people. A lot of shit. Oh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, you and I could have been in the band. We were probably in fourth and fifth. Yeah, before we, we got kicked out. Yeah, I've been kicked out of a lot of bands, so I'm not going to judge <laughs> how that happens. But, but yeah, that's. Uh, I don't want to know. Great song. Uh, the next song was mm-hmm. what? Uh, oh, daddy. Oh, another daddy. mellow one by Chrissy McVie. Chrissy, aka Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, Daddy. She wrote this song for Mick Fleetwood. I love the acoustic guitar and the sound they're using with Lindsey Buckingham's guitar. Because this isn't coming through the same amp every time. It sounds so crisp on that last song. This is coming through a more mellowed, hollowed out amplifier and if you know what it is email us at two guys one album at gmail.com so Chrissy McVie swears that this is about Mick Fleetwood because he was the only father at the time he had kids but rumor created by Lindsay Buckingham's former girlfriend and Stevie Nicks biographer said that the song was written about the band's lighting director who McVie was having an affair with Man, who? Why? Why did so they put him on the payroll? Knows. He what? Well, I don't know. I'm just so but, confused. Um, okay, yeah. oh daddy, oh daddy. I think that I would be leaving to get song. a beer after this. Yeah, this is another too. beer song. Yeah. 
Um, but if you're listening to it at home and uh, it's just you and your lady, mm-hmm. this song was probably like get you to second base. Just call me old daddy. <laughs> it's very Karen Carpentery. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a good call. It's I can feel. Sound. Except for they have that great, great snare drum hit by by Mick Fleetwood again. All right. You ready to dive into another one? Um, yeah. No, this is uh, this is just one of those songs. Great song on the album. Makes the album what it is. Uh, and uh, you can't go wrong with that. And then the last song on the album, Gold Dust Woman. Written by Stevie Nicks. Surprisingly, one of the m- more well-known songs. But I'd have to make the argument that it's not the greatest song, though. I'm gonna I don't really like with it. You. I really love this song. I think it's... Uh, it's, it's a really great song. It showcases Stevie Nicks. I think it was just her. I've the first time that I heard Stevie Nicks, and I, this is gonna age me a little bit, was when she covered that. I think no, it wasn't a cover. I think it was her song, and Metallica covered her song. Uh, La da 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 da. I can't remember what it's called. It's on the tip of my tongue. But she she did backup tracks for a Metallica song, and I was like, "Who is this?" And her voice never really connected with me. It was just too high and too nasally, and that's the only bad thing I can say about her. So, people have different interpretations of this song. People, some say gold gold dust is is a metaphor for cocaine, which. All of them were doing severe amounts of <laughs> yeah. during this album. Um, that's one take. Um, another was uh, her going through a symb- symbolically bad relationship, and the gold dust was kind of like, kind of just making up for it. Who knows? Hmm. Definitely drugs are involved, and gold dust is clearly some sort of drug reference. But Very interesting. She has said, uh, was my kind of symbolic look at somebody going through a bad relationship, doing a lot of drugs, and trying to make it. Trying to live, trying to get through it. Hmm. So she's kind of conceded to the rumor that the song was about. But it's a great song. It's a great way to end the album. And I think it's made Stevie Nicks what she is today. Um, I don't know what your Metallica song is. Perhaps. I looked it up. Okay, what was it? Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Oh, that's her. They sang that song. Yes. Okay. And, you and said it was a cover. It, well, was, nothing if we're not accurate on this. It, it was Metallica covered it. it. Was it her song? Nothing Else Matters? No, Nothing Else Matters. It's Metallica. Oh, it's a Metallica song. So you're okay. thinking of Landslide, which Smashing Pumpkins... Uh, oh, okay. See, I'm getting my covers all mixed yeah. up now. Landslide, not on this album, was uh, covered by many people, including uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, Dixie Chicks, probably Kid, Kid Rock once or twice. Probably. I, yeah. I'm just guessing. Cheryl Crow. No, I don't know if that's true. But <laughs> Colby but that, Kelly's dad. Yeah, Kobe Kelly's dad produced this album. If you want to dive into this album, you should learn more about them, not through Wikipedia, but through the books that are about this album and what makes it so great. Um, Fleetwood Mac is touring this summer, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be interesting to see these two guys that are fitting in to to uh, to try to make this work without Lindsey Buckingham. Or maybe he'll rejoin the band at the end. I don't know. You don't but, know, yeah. It could happen. But easily uh, one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, I think we we're t- it's that time. To I think it's that albums. time, too. 
I am going to say, so the way we do it is 11 is the highest you can go based on the fact in social media, 11 is when you can't see the names. Mm-hmm. And because we want to go to 11. And it's yeah. not a, somebody said it's a, a Spinal Tap reference. No, but it could be. <laughs> we want ours go to 11. We could, yes. Yeah. We could definitely go to 11. And, and you know, if it's a Spinal Tap reference, then yeah. then that could be what it is. It's, it's much like the songs of Fleetwood Mac. You can have your own meaning from them. Yeah. So 11 is the max. I am going to give this album 10 thumbs up. 10 thumbs up. Wow. And one big eggplant. <laughs> the, uh, the, eggplant the eggplant, the big old purple either because eggplant. Because this has to do with all of them having sex with each other, mm. or also because of the one song I don't like on the album. You can interpret it however you want, but that's the rating I'm giving it. That's a good rating. And your highest rating yet on all of Two Guys, One Album. That's true. Wow. That's... I don't know. I can't think of another album. That I I think as a as a whole is so amazing. You know, there's a couple songs that are like average, but mm-hmm. you you know you can listen to this album all 40 minutes of it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Silver Springs was on it too. It would have made it that much better. But you know, this was the 70s where you can only have so much room on vinyl. Yeah, but. dang. There's so many great hits, and I love the stories behind it, Paul. It, mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting to see this. Um, yeah, man. You got to review it. What, what are you? What are you? Uh... I'm dying. I'm. I'm. My brain is <laughs> is spinning right now because, uh, to be honest, I've never listened to it all the way through, and right. and getting to hear how many hits there are and how easy it was and, to transition through these songs and how many songs you knew that you didn't realize that you knew that you've heard already. Exactly. So I think that my rating is going to be eight solid thumbs up. I'm going to give it the fist pound symbol. And I'll also give it mm, Dancing Lady. I'll give it dancing the Dancing lady. for the Lady for from the Barbecue. Oh, oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. Her. She needs to be represented Kobe in this, Kelly. too. <laughs> all right. Well, and a quick, quick uh, last, uh, last bit of trivia for all the uh, CV Nicks fans out there. Maybe we Nicks. shouldn't give them the answer. Let them email us for a prize. Mm. Okay, this isn't really one of those kind of all questions. All right, what is the question? <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is for all the Stevie Nicks fans out there. Email you know what you can email us either way. Two guys one album. We love hearing from you. Two guys one album at gmail at gmail dot com. Not Hotmail or AOL. We haven't Although used I, those in years. We try to get those. They, <laughs> They're just taken. They, they, they asked our security question was what's your library card number? It's like what the fuck? No, that's a true thing. AOL has that. But all right, what's the what's the trivia question? Oh my gosh. Nick's cocaine habit in the 70s and 80s was so bad that she burned a hole in the cartilage of her nose. Yes. Wow. She is a rock star. She is the epitome of rock star. She is the gold dust woman. She is. One of the greatest bands of all time. That was Fleetwood Mac. Paul, I'm so glad we took time to yeah. do this album. I, I'm glad we finally got to to do what I consider one of the greatest albums. And it's just so time time timely given the recent news that they're being in the headlines. It's just so weird. They're still here. Local, local television all week talking about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, it did all these all these people. It's affected them. So maybe it's all maybe it's all a scam. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> well, either way, this is one of the greatest bands of all time. I hope you guys greatest enjoyed that. Too. One of the greatest albums. This was this was a lot of fun. I think we should we should uh, we should dive into some more Fleetwood Mac albums. Yeah, we might have to do another one. There's Tell so much what, story. Yeah, there's there's so many. You know, when we do this podcast, sometimes there are personal stories about us, like you on mm-hmm. your <laughs> your lawn mowing days. Um, and uh, thank and you, me. Weezer. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, Weezer. But you know, that's what this podcast is about. It's about celebrating albums which people don't do enough of so if mm-hmm. you've got an album you want us to listen to or review uh tell us what you think we should do at two guys one album at gmail.com or hit us up uh i'm at paul uh paul f comedy and uh and you can Facebook. find yep and you can find me at michaelheideman.com that's h-e-i-d-e-m-a-n-n and i'd love to be in contact with you um you know what you make love and fun paul likewise This is Michael and Paul for another episode of Two Guys, One Album. Stop 